Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 Today's episode of The Dish with Trish is sponsored by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. All right, guys. Hey, welcome back. This is The Dish with Trish podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Paytas. And today we are joined by Corey Feldman and his lovely wife, Courtney Feldman. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us in your pinkness. This is yep. very exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited to be pink with you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm very honored to have you guys here. I, we've already been talking for and like I a good 40 that. minutes. That's my favorite. Oh, yes. this one, my artwork. Like fairy wings. Yes. Yeah. I love it. You're very appreciative. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, I have artwork around my house just of me, and so people are like, that's a little weird, but... Yeah, no, but I've got pictures around the house of me, too. Like, Do you? Okay, so I have, like, this wall of fame, wall of shame, I call it, but oh. it's, like, me with all these, like, legendary people, so it's kind of the, you know, the duality of Ooh. it, calling it a wall of shame when it's really people that you'd kind of be bragging about, but, right. you know, like Robert De Niro and oh. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, like, the biggest of the big. Yeah, okay, I would have that, too. Like, yeah. I think my biggest one is Michael Keaton in my house, so I framed that. He was, like, the biggest one. I was like, this is it! I love Beetlejuice. I have a whole Beetlejuice room, so that was like oh, that's awesome. the epitome. But that's really cool. I, I was feel on like... the set of Batman, and I got to see him actually in his Batman suit. What? Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wait, how? You were I just like his there. friend? Um, no, I met him that day, but I was there. Why was I there? I don't remember. Somebody was working on it, like because I think it was well. Tim Burton was directing that one, or was it Joel Schumacher? I don't know. But uh-huh. I mean, obviously, I did the Joel Schumacher. One, but that he Tim Burton did Michael Keaton. Tim Burton did Michael mm-hmm. Keaton. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So I don't remember exactly why I was on the wow. set, but I think I was shooting. I was shooting something myself on the same lot, and so I had heard that they were shooting the second Batman, and I was like, "Um, where? I need to go right now." <laughs> and they just like, "Yeah, yeah." And I was there on the. They were doing like a, a a scene where it was him and Catwoman fighting on the rooftops. Oh my god! So he was like on a rooftop, and it was the part where he literally goes, "I'm Batman." And oh I was my god. like, "That is so cool." <laughs> How yeah. old were you? You were like a teenager? Uh, in the 80s, right? Yeah. I mean, I was probably, oh I don't know, 19. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, okay, so Corey Feldman, by the way, you might be my most like legit person so far I've had on the podcast. Probably. We started. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, you are because we started in October and we've had a lot of amazing people. I think we had, well, we had one actor, David Lipper, who was really great, but like you. David Lipper is great. I yeah, love him. Good yeah, guy. He's amazing. Nice guy. I've, I've known him since I was 18, too. We were talking about people I've known. I've known him since I was like 18. Like, I've known and so many people. You told me you know Corey Haim. When I, yeah, when I was and 18. That is an interesting that's, story. Well, it's an interesting story. I get in trouble because people call it exploitative when I talk about him, just in a it's, nice way. It's not exploitative if you talk about a friendship. Yeah, There's I guess. wrong with that. I guess because our, our friendship wasn't maybe like always the greatest. It wasn't necessarily a friendship. It was more of like, like I told a you, like drug a, ship. a drug ship, yeah. which people consider exploitative. But I just say it as part of my story as like, you know, it, it never talks shit and okay, stuff. So. At the end of the day, 
Everybody knows he did a lot of drugs, okay? Yeah. And you know what? So what? I mean, like, we've all done a lot of drugs at some point in our lives, right? Like, I mean, not everybody. Obviously, there's very conservative <laughs> people out there who've never done anything. Right. But I know if you've been raised in this craziness and you're brought up in this world, you know, the pressures are intense and immense. And there's, at some point... Somebody going to offer you something. And at some point when you're a kid who's been kept in a cage most of your life, who's been locked in a sheltered environment most of your life. And then all of a sudden you've got this world of opportunity be set in front of you. Right. Of course, you're going to like take advantage and like taste the fruits. Right. That's just what we do as humans. We can't resist. So for me personally, I, I was very conservative. Right. Very yeah. conservative. I was raised like abused, you know, and like like tortured and, and abused in that way and like a slave. So when it actually got to the point of like me getting out on my own, I was afraid of everything. And I probably would. I mean, like I was doing anti-drug campaigns when I was like 15. Right. right? I had already smoked weed, but then I was like, I'll smoke weed because it's natural, but I'm not going to do any of that other stuff because that's really scary stuff. Who wants to snort stuff up their nose? Gross. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. Very very much so. Wow. So wait, how long, what time frame were you on drugs from? Like, So basically from 15 and a half okay. until 18 and a half. So it was basically three years. Short lived. So yeah, very short lived. I got it all in really fast. Did my um, investigations, yeah. you know, my exploratory <laughs> investigations. And then I learned what I needed to learn. And wow. then I got the hell out. And that's why I'm still here. And that's why I still look healthy and good. Yeah. And all the rumors and all the things that people have tried to stick on me, like, oh, he's such a party boy, such an animal, he's such a whatever, is all lies and rumors because the truth of the matter is i was sober at 19 years old what? before i ever could even legally drink okay so That's you've been sober truth. since 19 since 19 so during the whole <laughs> let's fast forward real quick it doesn't go back to that but like during the whole Corey's angel things you were completely sober sober yeah i wasn't drinking at those parties what? yeah but that just seemed very Hugh Hefner, very, like, crazy. The Angels started as an offshoot of Playboy. That's right. how that started. Because basically, I had been in 18 relationships in a row, and all of them ended the same, which was them cheating on me. Really? And I was always a loyal, faithful guy. You were. I was a one-woman person. No actor is loyal. I've never met an actor that was loyal. No, he is. He's been, like, the well, most honest guy I've ever dated in my entire life. I've been in che cheated on and abused and treated like shit, like, my whole life. Uh -huh. He's like the only one that's treated it, me with respect and like dignity and all. Of that. I've always <laughs> been a romance guy. I've always been a gentleman. Okay, that's the way I was taught. That's the way I was raised. Right. Okay. That's why me and Michael Jackson got along so well is because he was a gentleman too. Like he was very soft spoken. He was very quiet. You know. Right. Hands folded. There's just it's certain things that you learn when you learn respect and how to treat women with respect. Right. And I learned that from both Hefner and Michael. They were both gentlemen. Okay. M Michael. So, yeah. Yeah. I, well, and I knew Hefner Michael too. as well when Hefner I was thirteen. Too. Yeah. Even though he had women posing naked, he wasn't distasteful so, right. about it. He wasn't gross about it. It was classy. Yeah. You've been. Married Married once. Three times. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. There was another wife before yes. her. Vanessa Marcel. Yeah. This is, oh my God, this is what I just did a whole research on you yesterday. I spent my whole day yesterday. And you're, now you're learning new bombs. Yes. Look at that. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. I got so, a little history. Okay. A little history. Wow. Yeah. And you were loyal to each. Yes. That's yes, an, she okay. cheated on me too, by the way. Thank you very much. Oh, jeez. You can ask Brian Austin Green about that oh, one. Oh, oh my but, God. Oh anyway. my God. There's so much cheating. Yeah, I don't have to bring anything out of you. You just talk it. You no, just say I just it. Spit it out. I love it. Wait, so <laughs> during. Back. So wait, the Corey's Angels, because like. So she cheated on me with Prince a lot. Let's just say that. What? Throw that out there. Yeah, Vanessa. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. 
this like a no? Why is this not out on the I've internet? Never, I've never said this anywhere, but I'm saying it now because <laughs> yeah. I just don't care anymore. No, I was. You know what? I put it in my book, but I was. Here's the thing. Okay. I've always tried to be so respectful yeah. to other people. I don't like talking trash. Mm-hmm. I don't like putting negative stories out there. I like to protect you know people the best I can. But that's been my my um, what do you call it? Achilles' heel. You know what I mean? Because at the same time, it's a double edged sword. Because what happens is they go out there and talk trash about me, and I don't ever defend myself. Yeah. And then what happens is through the years, then you end up somehow looking like the bad guy because everybody said their negative stories about you, and you don't ever defend yourself. Because again, I've always been taught that you don't want to say negative things. Really? You don't want to put people down. You don't want to like make other people look bad because it makes you look bad. Right. But if it's you know your truth, mean? if it's it the is. truth, because I, I we have a lot in common. I, my mouth gets me in trouble a lot. I will say my truth. Like if I get treated like poorly and someone like puts a story out there I'll like say it back but I get labeled as a crazy person because I talk so much shit about people but it's like it's just my truth and how I'm treated you know what I right, mean exactly. and I feel like if and it's your truth you should say it nobody wants to hear it nobody wants to hear it nobody wants you're to. like labeled but crazy bottom line and- is I was cheated on in 18 relationships so what happened was I said you know what I can't do it anymore I can't do it my heart's been broken too many times right so now I need to protect me I right. need to, to build a new beast here. I need to find a new way to get through this life because I'm my heart's always on my sleeve mm-hmm. and I'm I'm feeling like the sucker every time I'm the sucker. You know what I mean? Like I get sucked in, I fall in love, I'm dedicated, I'm passionate, and then that. So what I decided was I'm not gonna have a serious relationship ever again. I'm going to be the single guy forever because look at I've got all these beautiful girls that wanna be with me, right? Uh-huh. I'm like in the Playboy world, that didn't matter. It was like, if you were going up to the mansion, it was like, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm hanging out with this girl. And you'd be like, oh, that's fine. I'll come with. <laughs> right. You know right. I mean? like, yeah. Oh, okay. You don't care? No. Okay, good. Cool. Okay. You know, and that's how it kind of started. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? This works. I, like, have, like, 10 girlfriends. And the thing is, honesty Honesty is the key, right? Right. Because what I decided was, look, I'm not ready for a serious relationship. I don't think I'll ever be ready for a serious relationship again. I was over the idea of ever having a serious relationship again, right. even though that's all I ever wanted. Like when I was a kid, I would dream of being married and have a child. That's why I got married the first time to Vanessa at 17 years old. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yet. Yeah. Because oh, wow. I was emancipated. So legally, I was allowed to get wow. married. So I got married before I was even 18. Right. And um, I was with her for four years oh and then when my heart got broken i got sober i had to build my strength back up become like a person because i was like just a shattered little piece of doo-doo right you know literally because like i'd been abused by everybody in my life you know i mean luckily i had a good grandma who loved me and that was like the only real positive female role model in my life right but every woman that i dated cheated on me Every single one of them. Wow. So I was like, ah, I can't anymore. So instead, but I always loved women and I always wanted to protect them. Right. Because it was this weird thing of me, like thinking maybe I could fix my mom. Of course. That's yeah. what it was. It was me trying to fix my mom. Right. Yeah. So what I would do is I, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll protect you. I'll help you. I was like, Captain save I had a cape in the back. <laughs> I would go to strip clubs and I'd be like, oh. you don't belong here. I can help you. I can stop this. Okay. I would get girls out of porn. I would get girls out of stripping. I would get girls out of Playboy. Okay. They all hated me except for half because half like got it. Right. He knew that I like had a good heart and that's why he let me stick. Why around. are you trying to get them out? 
because I didn't want them to think that they didn't have other options. Okay. You know, not saying like Playboy was different because it was yeah. like, okay, that can be a stepping stone, mm-hmm. but it's a one in a million chance. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Of like, course. Yeah. Some girls do go on and get great opportunities, but a lot of them were failing. A okay. lot of them were failing. And it was really tragic to watch these girls like clawing over each other for what? To show yourself naked? Like, you can do that on your own. You don't need Playboy to do it. Back then, it was probably harder, though, because there wasn't Instagram. There wasn't Instagram. And there so wasn't now Instagram, you can be right. full Playboy if you want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. okay. But so times were different. But the point okay. is, is that I didn't want to see them getting their lives ruined because it was a progressive thing. Right. It would start with stripping or Playboy yeah. or, you know, just photos, and then it would go into porn, and then it would go into prostitution, and then next thing you know, they're a crackhead yeah. prostitute, and they're getting beat up. and the, You know what I mean? It just got worse and worse and worse Oh, and shit. Worse. So you're, like, going in there and you're like hey come so that's how you're getting angels you're like come be with me you're too smart you can do better than this wow well the angels wasn't always girls that were like that it was a lot of times girls that were just talented that were beautiful where i'd go like you're really smart and talented and you're waiting in line to get a shot at playboy why not focus on your other attributes why not use your creative side why not use your you know you've got a great voice let's let's produce you but did they have to be sexy because i feel like all your angels were sexy and they had to have good bodies because what i was doing is i was taking the idea of what playboy was doing and saying okay we're, we're going to use your assets. We're going to use the fact that sex sells because everybody like thinks sexy, 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 right? So we're going to stay, stay in that ballpark. We're going to use a girl that has got all of that, you know, like Were that. you an angel? Yes, yeah, she yeah. was the first For angel. Sure. You were the first angel. And yeah. how did that work, though? Did you apply? Did you find her? Did you, what are you found in the strip club? I'll tell you. I'll tell, okay. No, 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 no. No, but I'll tell you. No shame. No, I was a stripper. No, no, I was an escort. No, no, no. I'm, not, no, I'm yeah. just saying it's no not judging. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. But okay. I, that's not where I found her. Yo, I found okay. her at the Playboy Mansion. So that's how it all ties in. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Were so you? She had been modeling for Playboy at yeah. the time. Okay. What What year is this? Like 2012. Um, I think oh. the issues came out in 2011. So. Oh. Yeah. So how long have you guys been together? Nine years. Yeah. Um, it was about about that. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. Okay, so you find her. You're the first angel. Well, okay, so let me go back up a little bit. So basically the idea, the concept was, look, if I can give you an outlet because I know this business so well and I've helped girls, you know, basically starting with Vanessa all the way through. Actually, even before Vanessa, there was a girl named Charlie Spradling that I dated who uh-huh. I put in movies. Um, she was in License to Drive. Um, but there You was, put her in that. Um I don't remember if I put her in it or I got... Or just got her, like, into it. But, like, no, into the or, door. Or, or if I, like, just approved it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. she read for it, and I think I just approved it. Yeah. But the point is, is that, like, I started dating her, and then once I started dating her, then it was like, oh, I can do this for you, I can do that for you, and let me give you advice, and let me... No, 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 don't make that mistake. Don't call that person. He's a, he's a leech. <laughs> you know, that person's good for you. Talk to them. Go have lunch with them. You know, that's just my natural instinct is want to help people. Just help people, yeah. Right. So they would always come to me for advice. And what would happen is, every girl, I'd set them up, I'd put them in movies i'd give them a publicist i'd give them a manager i'd get their life going in the right direction and then they'd dump me and cheat on me That's and what i was happens. like this is like 18 times in a row all these Aww. girls are dumping me and cheating on me and breaking my heart you're too so, nice right okay so this was my idea i'm gonna date multiple girls okay. and i'm going to be honest with them and i'm gonna say look here's the deal i'm not boyfriend material I will treat you very well. I'll treat you very classy. I'll be like a boyfriend to you, but I'm not going to expect any type of like commitment and don't expect that commitment from me other than that. I'm going to be the best friend you could ever have. I mean, that's really good upfront. I would, I would take that deal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and by the way, I'm honest. So I am dating like nine other girls. And if you want to meet those girls, 
I'm happy to introduce you. Wow. And you know what would happen? Most times when the girls would get together, there would be a synergy and they would love each other. They would. It yes. wasn't catty. Cause no. I had Chris Hoffner on here and said it was very catty in the Playboy that Mansion. That was different. That's what I did differently. Okay. You see, because at the Playboy Mansion, they were pitted against each other to compete. Right. Which Everybody, did that, she said. Yes, he, would he did. Pit, yeah. Yes, he did. He was about that. So you weren't. You're not about that. No. You wanted them I to get along. I don't like fighting. I don't like drama. I don't like negative energy. Was it Polly? Was it a Polly? Or were you exclusively dating them? Very, or were they dating no, each other? it was Polly. It so was girls every, could date each other, too. Yes, yes. Interesting. Yes. I like a Polly relationship. And they were. And it was beautiful. I mean, it was okay. really like this like love fest. Everybody was just, it was just love and positive energy. Wow. That's it. And then when I decided, so what happened was I would take the girls up to the Playboy Mansion. And they'd be like, oh my God, we're Corey's angel. Angels were Corey's angels. And it was like a joke, right? It was, was literally it? a joke because they were like doing the poses because I was like there with three girls and it's me and I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, whatever, oh, the boss I guy. Seriously, right? I was like, no, this no, is... no, in the beginning. Okay, in the, in the beginning. beginning. That's how it started. Okay, it was okay, a joke. Okay. But then after we kind of thought it was cute and catchy and all that stuff and people started like really responding to it. It was like, oh my God, Corey's angels, Corey's angels, Corey's angels. And I was hearing yeah. it everywhere and I was like, this actually could be something. So that's when I got the idea to turn it into a business where okay. I could actually help girls by maybe getting them off the street if they were coming from broken homes, if they were wow. coming from, you know, desperate situations that I could help them, give them a place to live, take them off the street, help build their career, help, you know, turn them into something and then send them on their way. And there was no connotation of sexuality involved in that at all. What does that mean? Like you weren't so, dating? Well, no, if there was a girl that I was already dating and okay. I was just helping her, but she was still an angel. But if it was a girl that I was bringing in mm-hmm. to like be an angel, there was no like preface of like, oh, well, we have to be dating or I'm not going to help you. I wouldn't yeah. do right. that. Probably. Okay. Yeah. So there were some angels that you weren't having sex with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how many angels total were there so at one point? So any girl that was in the band, let me say this, any girl that was in the, the band, band yes. like when we were touring and all that, that stuff, none of those girls was I sleeping with. Really? Okay. Yes. I'm glad we cleared that up because there's so many rumors about it and there's so many misunderstandings I, about it. That was before I got into like the documentary and everything and like you as a person, that was the one thing I wanted to ask you because my heyday was like 2016. Because you know why? Because Vice Magazine came in and they spun the whole thing and they tried to make it look sleazy and they mm. tried to make it yes, look dirty. Yeah. Well, it that's a what I was. Article. They so, did that to destroy yeah. us. That's yeah. what I thought because I remember when you were casting for the band because I told you I was a musician. I, this was like a lot. So this was like what, 2011, 2012 or something, okay. the band? Yeah. Okay, so like my heyday was obviously 2006 to like 2012 when I'm still like young and I remember you were doing this Daisy. You please. I'm 31. Everybody loves you. You've yeah, got like 1.5 million followers. Wait, 3.5 million followers, yeah, 3. 5 million oh, followers yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I have yeah, on, exactly. on YouTube. So oh, well, whatever, I have like five on YouTube. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, You're I so think popular. I'm changing it up. up. Well, now I'm like Wendy Williams. At first, I was trying to be like, you know, young, like Anna Nicole. Now I'm like, you know, Wendy Williams, like oh, older and shit. Stop it. I, I, I aged out. Girl, you did not age out. You're 31. Get over it. There was probably no 31 Corey. Was there 30 year old Corey's Angels? Of course there was. There was no one over 30. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like all those girls were 20. They were younger than me. No. There was no No. 30 year old Corey's Angel. Want to bet? I promise you. Do you know that? um, (laughs) I'm not going to say anybody by name because a lot of them turned into vile, venomous vixens. The girls? Yes. Oh, I guess it didn't work then. You didn't save them. No. (laughs) Okay. No. I saved her. Yeah. Saved them. Yeah. How did you you make it through the cut? How did you become the last one standing? Well, because you know what happened was was she was a real person. She had a soul. She She wasn't just like using you for. Exactly. Which it's weird. It's ironic that you're not because you set it up to be like, hey, this is the deal. I'm going to like, you can use me. I'm going to use you. And that's it. That was kind of how you it set things used, up. It wasn't used. A mutual it was beneficial relationship. Mutual beneficial. Yeah. That's not using. That's saying, I'm here for you. 
and you're here for me and we have a beautiful love and that's beautiful. That's how it started. But when right. it became a business, there was nothing mutual about it. It was me doing everything I could to promote them, to help them, to build them. And you weren't and collecting I would money only, or anything. No, really? I would only benefit from it if we collectively became successful. But the band did, because I remember yeah, this the band happening. Did, and those girls like were getting that. paid. Yeah. Okay. Those girls Everybody were getting paid. paid. And you yes. were in the band. Yes. I got, did, yes. You play guitar? Um, I play piano and I DJ and I sing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Do you still do that now? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Like when we go back on, on tour, it won't yeah. be an angel tour, but she'll yeah. still be in the band. Yeah. Okay. Like so when Paul you, and Linda kind of thing. You know? I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I like yeah. that you said like that instead of like John and Yoko or something like that. Paul and Linda is very cute. I like that. Are you guys going on tour again? <laughs> well, cause Yoko wasn't very what? talented. <laughs> I mean, God bless her. She's an amazing woman, but yeah. John always put her in stuff though. He really, know. you know, she's talented in other ways and ways of like, she's an artist. Oh, she's an artist. Sort of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like a personality saying, that like, people liked she didn't musically have got it oh so okay i see what you're saying do you guys make music together yeah, yeah. and is it out on itunes is it on youtube anywhere i haven't well, seen go that for it she's singing the lead yeah, vocal yeah, on go for, it. go for it oh, i was on the God. show oh. and duh you know duh, duh yeah that's her like yeah and who writes these songs you're right. Yeah. I did not know all this either. Oh, God, I literally yeah. spent, I'm glad kidding, I spent 48 hours just researching everything oh about God, you and I'm I haven't sorry. seen this. <laughs> no. So I, got, so it, well, I started with that movie that you said you don't endorse anymore was The Tale of Two Quarries, which totally right away made me like your biggest fan because I felt so, from the beginning, oh. like it made me feel so bad for you, like at well, school and stuff. Like, it's not that I don't endorse it. It's just that it's not a clear, accurate, accurate picture of what was really good. They made on. you look great. You looked like an angel. I thought Corey Haim looked more, not so great in the movie because they made him really? look like the addict and you're trying to help him. And he's like, wait, what about me? And I was, I felt like, I mean, I was an addict too for three years. And if I hadn't gotten my life together, thanks to the people at cry help, you know, which is a hardcore cry hardcore rehab where it's like, basically it's like prison. Okay. It's like, you know, you're there with like gang members and like hard, it's hardcore. Right. And it was like five dudes in a room, no air conditioning, bunk beds. I mean like a prison, you know, so it was pretty hardcore. But the thing is the gates are open so you can walk out at any time. Oh, So I could have left. But if I would have left, I would have gotten a bench warrant and I would have been right back okay. in jail. So you were court so appointed to go there. I was court appointed. Okay, okay. So- and I stayed for 10 months. And that's when my ex-wife started cheating on me while I was in rehab. Vanessa. Vanessa. Okay, so got it. So when I got oh, sober, got I like came out sober, like ready to start my life at 19 years old <gasps> and find out that, you know, she'd been cheating on me while I was in rehab. And I was just like... <sighs> Oh, God. Really? How do you find out back then when someone's cheating on you? There's no social media. So, like, how do you know? Um, I went to her house, and there was all these Prince records that had her name on it. And it was kind oh, of obvious. Shit. <laughs> oh, like, but- she had told me she was obsessed with Prince before I went into rehab. Okay. And then, and then like, she Yikes. was like, yeah. So she was like, you know, oh, I think he's so sexy. I think he's so great. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, one day, she's like, oh, I met Prince last night. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Where'd you meet him? And she's like, oh, I was at a club. And da, 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 Oh, da. yeah. And then, like, fast forward three months later, and I find this 12-inch record called Get Off, oh. which actually said on the cover, I, last night I caught <gasps> the jizz from Vanessa, and we were playing strip pool in my house and all this stuff, and it's, like, all in backwards writing, and you have to read it in the what? mirror. And I was just like... 
Oh, oh. I was home alone. Oh, I know. <laughs> that was me. Oh. I turned into Macaulay Culkin real fast. Wait, who do you think was the bigger child star? You were Macaulay Culkin. Oh, my God. He was. Of you course. think? Because I did not realize, again, I realized it until I watched this movie, like all the movies you did. Like, I forgot you were in Gremlins. Like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, my God. Like, you're in all true. the, like, Stand By Me, Gremlins, like, Goonies. Like, all, like, all of that was, I was like, insane. I started, I started much younger, right? So I was, I was doing stuff. I was working, I think, right. more than Macaulay did because I, I did 100 commercials before I was 10 years old. I feel like you've done more movies than him. TV series. Right. But the deal is I became a bigger teen star. So he was more famous as the like oh. 10 to 12, 13 year old phase. I was more famous from like 13 to 18. I bet we can help you. It's like therapy I right now. We, no, yeah, we can, we, I know. We I can fucking this. help you. I promise you. <laughs> Not, not this, that you like, want it because you may not, though? but if you want it, I you know, help. if you want friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I push them away. See, I want friends and I say I want friends and then once I get them, I'm like, they're like, ooh, but, this girl's crazy. But, they like, But it depends. Are they real friends and what are their motivations? Yeah. But, is it, but here's, here's the question though. Like, it's hard to be friends with someone who is self-destructive, right? Like, you can't that's save it. them. You can't help that's them. It. Yeah. That's it. If they push you away so much, you can only take so much. And then that's I me. go away. But that's my thing. It's like, I always tell people like, look, I'll be there for you as long as you want me to be there for you. But if you tell me to F off, then I'll be like, okay, peace out. See, I tell people to F off wanting them to stay. And I was like, wait, but you're supposed to stay. And like, you literally no, like, but I don't play that know. game. I'll be like straight up. Like, that's why you I have no friends. <laughs> You, you lie to me one time, I'm gone. Oh, shit. Well, see, we would be awful friends. I am just very, I'm that person who's like, fuck off. But then I'm like, no, stay. Yeah. Um, and some people will play the game for a little while and then they finally eventually leave. But eventually, I think in your life, you're going to find a point where you actually want something a little bit more solid that you can trust. Well, but then you look at someone like Corey Haim, who like never got married, never had kids and just still self-destructed completely. He self-destructed, but guess what? He still had me. And he knew that he had me. And that's why, you know, when he died, he died after I left him for a year. That was the first time I'd ever taken a year without Mm -hmm. talking to him, a year without spending time with him. And not to say that's completely why he died. but, But at the same time, I'm sure it had a big part in it. And then I came back into his life the last three months. We became good friends again. We became very close again. And I think it was like just the damage that he'd done through all the years caught up. So it was, he didn't want to die in the end. He was trying to take care of his mom. Right. But he did say something to me very powerful before he died. He said, I've prayed about this and I told God that he should take my life instead of hers. I'm willing to sacrifice myself if my mom can live. And that's exactly what happened. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. And how soon before he died, he said that? That was about three months (gasps) before he died. Oof. And I feel like praying or manifesting, whatever you call it, those are so such powerful things. Like if you, like people call it manifestation, I call it praying. But like when you pray about something like that, I feel like that is like so powerful. It is. Oh yeah. Prayer works. Oh, it really works. Yeah. And especially if you put it out there on a daily basis and you really obsess on it, like he would, because he loved his mom so much, he would have done anything for her, mm. anything. And, he, and you know, in the end, in the last three months, I was driving her to her chemotherapy appointments. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that, but they didn't have a car. They were living at the Oakwoods. They were stuck there. Oh, wow. And so I would go pick them up and take them to, you know, over the uh, the one right across from Disney, the St. Joseph's yeah. Hospital. That's where she was getting her treatments. Well, in a way, that's kind of comforting, I guess, to know that he wanted that. Like, he was like, maybe in a way, too. Like, that's for me, death, I've always been comforted by that. Like, if someone's struggling so much with addiction or loneliness, for yeah. me, it's like loneliness and addiction. There's some comfort in death. Do I, like, want to die? Like, no. But, well, like, I was telling there's you comfort off here. I was telling you yeah. off here that he was actually not doing the druggy stuff the year before he died right. that was the most sober the most clear that he'd ever been so you know when we finished the two quarries i walked away because he was 
doing it again. He was, he was, you know, taking too many gobs and handfuls of pills and like <clears throat> waking up in the ICU and doing all that stuff. But <clears throat> I said, you know, after he blew it on the Lost Boys, I got him in the second Lost Boys, which the studio was not having it. They did not want to let him on the set. And I said, please give him this chance. I promise you he's better. We've been doing a show together. He's great. Da, 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 da. And so they finally gave him the chance. And then he blew them off two times. Didn't come to work mm. at all. Just, just said, forget it. Wait, Lost Boys two happened then? Because I saw that in the two yeah. quarries, but yeah, it happened. It came out. Lost Boys, <laughs> Lost Boys, the tribe. But I, I saw Hello. something recently that was like, oh, you're like, it's not happening. I swear, I saw it, like a headline that said that. Oh, we so no, oh. no, no, no. That was about the, the the new pilot that they're doing. They're doing a new Lost Boys pilot. Okay, so there was a sequel. There was three. Three movies. Oh my god! Why did I not Three know this? Oh my god! Executive produced the third one. Okay, so you were in the second one. I was in the second one. Executive produced the third one, and and the third one I actually had a lot to do with writing and helping out and all that stuff. And the wow. second one I wrote a little bit, but I didn't take credit for it. Huh. Um, so I was very involved with all of them, and I was the reason why he got back in the second one. And then he flaked a couple times on the shoot, and then. Um, and then, like, basically the producers from the two Corys so were like, come on, you've got to get him back in. you got it one more time, one more time, please. And I'm like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They're so pissed. Right. He blew them off twice. And then they were like, just please give it one more shot. So I go back into the producers and I asked him one more time. And they were like, okay, if we can do it in a pickup day in L.A., since he's going to be in L.A. Because the other thing was that he was only going to be able to do it in Canada. And, like, we were shooting the second one in Canada. We shot the first season of the two Corys in Canada. Why? Most people don't know that because he couldn't get into the States. So I had to write a letter to uh, uh, UCIS uh, to get him to be able to come back into the States. So I had to write a letter to the judge and I had to write, write a letter to the government saying, you know, he's totally trustworthy because he had hit a bus full of children while he was ODing one day and nodding out in a car. And he was like, he borrowed his friend's Mercedes and he smashed into the back of a bus. And after that, they just didn't want him in the country. So they pushed him out of the country oh and he couldn't come back into America for a couple years. And so basically we shot the first season of the two Corys up in Canada. And then we shot the sequel for Lost Boys in Canada only for him. And then he didn't even show up to do the shoot. So I was furious, right? We were all furious. Oh, and then we got picked up for a second season of the two Corys and I didn't even want to do it. I was like, I am not doing this. You were just so pissed. I'm like, I'm the executive producer. I'm going to look like an ass. He was an executive producer too, but if he didn't want to do his job, that's on him. Oh, he was. But for me, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We both were on the, on the two Corys. Okay. We, we both created that But not show the together. second Lost Boys. No. It was just you. It was just me. Got it. But so then, but then he came on, um, he agreed to do it. So then we finally shot it in LA we got the whole day together. We got everybody to agree. And I was super excited because up until that point, the second season was going great. He was totally sober. Like when we did that diner scene, he was like firing off at me like, yo, man, what about this? What about that? And he was like all clear. What people don't know. Here's a big behind the scenes for you. As soon as you know the part where it goes to commercial, where it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to talk about what you did to me when I was 14 years old. And I da 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 da. Right. All that stuff where he's all mad at me. And then they're like, OK, we're running out of tape. We got to take a break. And they go to the break. He's like, you want to grab a smoke, man? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And we literally hadn't seen each other in six months since the last season, right? So that was all real. It was like really that we hadn't seen each other. We really had been in a fight. And he was really going around talking smack about me to the press, which I couldn't understand. Because I'm like, I'm fighting to get you in this movie. You flake on the movie. And then you go run to the press and say, Corey Feldman's an ass because he's doing Lost Boys without me. 
Oh, shit. And I'm like, was he high? Was he on drugs back probably. then? Probably. Okay, so, so that's a little anyway, excuse. <laughs> right? But anyway, so what happened was, after we finally got it to happen, and he's like actually going to be in the movie, we shoot his cameo. It's a like pickup day, last day of shooting, and everything had been good up until that point. He does this big dinner for me and my ex-wife. It's on the show. We have this big celebratory dinner where it's like, look it. This is what I always wanted. I always wanted to be in Lost Boys. You got me back in the movie. I love you for that. Thank you for being such a good friend. Thank you for being my brother. I'm so sorry about the way I acted like an ass at the end of the last season. You know, let's just get it all back together. So that was what happened. And then the next morning, he shows up at the set high. And I was like, I don't get it. But going back, so what happened was... um, uh, what was I telling you? Wait, it was really important. Season two of the Corey's Lost Boys. He'd start talk trash to the media. He was high right, about it. Right, the right. diner scene. The, yeah, diner, the, scene, scene. Okay. the diner scene. Okay, <laughs> so, so we hadn't talked for a while. And then we do this diner scene. And he's like blowing up on me and like trying to throw everything in my face. And I'm like, what are you doing right now? Because we had a contract. And the contract said we weren't going to talk about the molestation. That was a taboo. That was a no boundary, don't do it thing. Your molestation or his? His, both. So we had certain things in our contract. Like it was like, this is going to be an open book. We want it to be really real, but there's going to be certain topics we just don't bring up and it's taboo. And I had mine and he had his. Mine was about my sex life because I didn't want people to know. That, you know, I had these crazy sex life things. That's your whole persona, though. I feel like no, a lot of people know no, that. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. At that time. Okay. I not at the not, time. Yeah, that, okay. not at all. It's before Corey's Angels. Then, kid, just, yeah, before Corey's <laughs> okay. Angels, I had a kid. I was like, Got I it. don't want to talk about my sex life Interesting. at all. Okay. So nothing to do with sex. And he was like, me too. Nothing to do with sex. So that means no molestations, no okay. anything. We agreed on that. So that was the look of shock on my face when he goes, what about the time when you let me get... Got and it. I'm like, it was what the... Like- so that's real because that was in the tale of two Corys. They were talking about that, and you're like, and he brought that up. Right. He's like, you let it happen, right, right, right. and you're like, I was getting molested too, and he's right. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is, once they cut to cameras and they said, okay, we're taking five. He goes, you want to go grab a smoke? And I'm like, all right. So we walk outside, and he gives me the biggest hug, and he whispers into my ear, I love you, man. You know I love you. You're my brother forever. You know that. Nobody else will ever be my brother. You're my brother. Wow. I was like, I know. I mean, he's got a little brother, half brother named Daniel. Yeah. But he didn't get to see him very often. And he loved him very much, very, very much. But he, he didn't get to see him often. And I was, the, you know, next best thing to a brother. So it was like, even though we had this riff and even though, you know, and that all went to what his mindset really was about all of this, which he finally revealed to me in our, you know, last conversation before we took the year break, which was when he came over to my house with, his mom, and we all had kind of this peaceful dinner. And it was at that point that he let the cat out of the bag and said to me, I did it all for ratings. Oh. And I'm like, what are, you, what, what are you, Andy Kaufman? Oh. What do you mean you did it I all for ratings? I love that reference, yeah. Yeah, but what is it, what? <laughs> you know, what are you, crazy? So what is that? So how, what did you say to him? I said, you're crazy. And he goes, look, I told you I was going to get a third season, man. I'm getting us a third season. I told you I'd get a second season. I got the second season. Now I'm going to get a third. Did you respect like, it in mm-hmm. any way? Because that's like a pretty... Yes and no. I was like, not, no, this is too far. It's an antic, this right? You have to too far. keep your antics like up. Like you said, you right, know, you getting get arrested. arrested and doing all that yeah. stuff because you wanted the, the attention. Yeah. You, you weren't about you it. No. Maybe because 
the point you were at. You were married. You had a kid. Like it was, was a different never in point. That way, though. No, I was never an attention whore. That really? was not me. I was always the shy one. I always That's wanted like to kind of stay in the corner. But see, now I feel like since the surreal life, it's all been very much your attention based, your career. Not that you no, necessarily want it's it, just, but it's just that they want to write about me. But that doesn't mean that I want the attention. Mm. So with Corey's Angels, the whole idea was to give the girls the attention, not me. But it still so was, was on being, you. It was on me because it was my name on the banner and it was mm-hmm. whatever. But again, how do I make it meaningful for me? Well, I'm going to put my music into it. Okay. So like, because nobody's ever had a hot girl band. Where they actually can play instruments. Gotta do that and again. Actually talented. I know, wasn't it the best? <laughs> That's oh my so God, smart. It really it. was. And yeah. it's talent, like you said, actually talented girls that are like right. hot. Like there's that like girls the from MI, and oh they're like God. really like the guitarist is like a shredder and like oh she was drummer. Brilliant, brilliant oh my guitarist. God, you guys yeah. gotta do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's a, you're over it. Yeah. I don't, I'm tired of being screwed over. Yeah, I know, right? Over. That happens. Like, it broke our hearts. Yeah, we did. So stay, Paul Linda. You guys are in love and loyal to each other, so nothing will happen. All right, so let's transition from that. So talking about Corey, so the, your new documentary, it's a documentary, right? It's considered, it okay. So it's called My Truth. My Truth the Doc. T- well, my, the, it's called My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys. The Rape of Two Corys. That's very intense Corys. for a title. Very real, mm-hmm. very upfront. But it's not about your rape. It's about Corey Haynes' rape. Because you were never. Both of us. You well, were raped. I was molested. Okay. I was molested. And you can consider molestation a raping, but that's not even what my reference is. My reference is his rape and my emotional rape because... Basically, the fact that he told me the secret when he was 14 years old, the first day that we met, and I have had to hold on to that secret for 35 years. So okay. he never talked about this while he was alive? Never talked about it. He was so scared to talk about it, and he, and he made me promise him to never say a word. Mm-hmm. So I never said a word for 35 years. And then the year before he died, that's when he came over that night, and he said, actually, I may not be around long. And I'm like, What? And he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I have a feeling like I'm going to be dead within the next year. Mm. And if that happens, I want you to get my story out. Okay. And I was like, "Um, that's not my job. No, no, you do that yourself. I'm writing my own book. You write your own book. Let's just both write our books and just leave it at that. And he was like, I can't do it, man. I'm too, too afraid. What was he afraid of? Just being murdered. And you're not afraid of this at all. I've, they've already tried a couple times. We're ter- we're terrified. I was crying on the way up here because I was just like, I, I'm worried if I'm going to lose him. Like, right. Know. So what? I, so I guess then, if he was so terrified and he's gone, what? Why don't you just maybe track, like backtrack a little, like maybe just not do it, like just because? Yeah, you don't like because I can't live in fear, and I also can't have these people think that they are better than anything that they can get away with this it's not okay it's It's something not okay you can't go around abusing children not on my watch (sighs) it just something feels like i get a sick feeling like i'm looking at you now like courtney right now and she's just like so emotional and i get the sick feeling too that like something bad will happen and like i just feel like i get it telling the story but at the same time it's like I don't know. Maybe just maybe don't go so full. I don't know. I'm scared for you because this comes out March 9th. It comes out. It's done. It's going to be out. It's and done. once it's out, there's no taking this but back. Here's what I believe. Okay. Here's what I believe. First of all, they've already made two attempts on my life. I've had death threats on a daily basis for years. Okay. Okay. So I'm kind of used to it. But. But she's not. And you have you have your oh, wife and your at, child. My child. Right. Absolutely. Well, we've, we've been through it like all pretty much together. But it's about the greater good. Okay. It's about doing something, making one thing in your life that is not about you, that is completely selfless. 
right. and doing something right for, for somebody else. And this is for kids out there, because let me tell you something. These men are ruining lives across the freaking planet. Yeah. Okay. They don't just have one victim. They have multiple victims because it's a sickness. Right. You know, just the same as people are into porn and they just want to like masturbate over and over and over. Same thing. But you're doing it to children. I was going to say it's a lot more dangerous. You're breaking their lives. You're breaking their souls. You're breaking. You're taking that away from them. You know, taking their innocence. <laughs> it's not okay. And it's got to stop. So, uh, yeah. so, so if nobody else is going to say it, then I've got to say it. But you know what? I pray to God that people support this because I'll tell you, the only way I'm going to stay safe is by being able to pay for my family's security. And the only way that's going to happen is people actually support this. Because right now, I'll be honest with you, we've only sold a few thousand tickets. I mean, granted, it's only been on sale that's for a like three days. A couple thousand is not a lot? No. We no. need to sell 100,000 so tickets. 100,000 tickets. 100, yeah. to, get this, to, to make your money even, back. Just to break even. Just to break even. Where can they get tickets? They can get tickets at mytruthdoc.com. Mytruthdoc.com. So you're going to, so right now, if they're listening to this, they can go get a ticket. Right and now. then what happens? So March 9th, it's a pay per view so type it's a event. Pay-per-view. It's never been done before, first okay. of all. So this it's is confusing time, a little bit. Yeah. It is. It is. Okay. It's the first time in history anybody's done this. So nobody really gets it yet. So let me explain. It's like the first time you had cable or the first time mm-hmm. that you had internet. This is a new technology. It's a new thing. I went out and I bought my own bandwidth. Okay? We built a website and bought our own bandwidth, our own broadband, so we can literally live stream to up to 5 million people. That's how many people could watch this potentially at the same time if they wanted to all over the world. Okay. So wow. what you do is you go to mytruthdoc.com, you log, you, you'll get like a little login. You'll say, buy a ticket. You click on buy a ticket. It'll ask you to create a login password and all that stuff. You create your login password. You put in your credit card or your PayPal. PayPal is accepted. You, uh, you get your little $20 receipt. And then on March 9th, you go back and you log in. And once you put in your email address, that counts as your ticket. That is your electronic ID. So you don't need a code. You don't need anything. You'll get your receipt. It says that, you know, we got you. And then sometimes they go to the junk mail. So notice if you didn't get your receipt right away after you bought a ticket, it's not because you didn't really get a receipt, but it's because it was actually sent to your junk mail. Okay. But anyway, so you don't even need that though. You, as long as you remember your password and your email, like any other website, you go there, you log in on March 9th and to make it even easier because the confusing part is going to be that it's playing at a different time at different places all over the world okay. because it's live. So it's really live. So, so like live while, and done. We're, while we're watching the premiere, <clears throat> everybody else is watching it all over the world in different time zones. Okay. So here it's eight o'clock PM in New York. It'll be 11 o'clock PM. Okay. Got in it. London, it'll be four o'clock in the morning. Oh, see what I'm saying? Okay, so yeah. it's literally Ooh. different times everywhere, but the way people can figure it out is on the website. There's a ticking time, a clock counter that okay. goes backwards and it's going like days, weeks, hours, you know, seconds. So it's counting down until the moment that it starts for everybody. Okay. And on top of it, there's also a world clock that you can kick on, uh, click on so that you can see the different time zones 
for every part of the world. So you can look up, be like, where am I? Oh, my time zone is here. So it's like, say, four o'clock here right now. What time is it in L.A.? So if it's eight o'clock in L.A., it will be what time in my area? So we've made it very simple so that people can really follow this. Right. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. <laughs> you don't have to be a No, genius. it seems simple, you yeah. have a basic peanut in there and you'll be all right. <laughs> but why why not have it for like downloads and make more money? Like I watched two quarries. I paid $10 to watch that yesterday. And so I'm sure a lot of other people, why don't you just do something like that where well, people can... Maybe one day we will, but I couldn't afford it. Okay. Because you have to understand that you have to get it insured. And the Got only it. way you can get something this heavy... And this series insured is for a very, very, very big price tag. And so we knew that we wanted everybody to find out at the same time. So doing it through cable or doing it through a a theater, doing it as a regular theatrical release, you know, people are going to find out here and there. And there's going to be pre-screenings and press screenings. And everybody has a chance to get in there and twist their perception and twist the story. We don't want that. The story's been so twisted and so confusing through the years. I want to lay out all the information so that people can watch it and then make their own decisions. You know, decide for yourself after you see what we have to say, but please watch it so you can at least decide and determine. And then afterwards, you know what's going to happen the next morning. It's going to be all over the news. Once the cat's out of the bag and we say who these names are, people are going to be talking about it everywhere. Are you prepared for that? I am prepared for that. And that's why we have security. Yeah, no, he's like, he's going around the parameter. I was like, oh my gosh, like what's happening out there? I love it though. Armed security. I have to have them everywhere I go. From the creators of Cold Case Files and PD Stories come the next great true crime podcast, I Survived. Every week, I Survived presents chilling first-person accounts from people who overcame deadly situations, allowing the survivors to describe the events as they unfold and how they made it out alive. If you love true crime, you are going to love I Survived. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, PodcastOne.com, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. So the big draw, I guess, is you're naming you're naming names again because you've always named names. Like you've always talked about people that listen to you. So now you're naming these names of people who like raped you and Corey. And it's like new names. It's a whole new batch of people. Well, I've always said there were six names. Okay, so Dr. Oz basically got clearance to say the first two. Right. right? I said one of them because he was already uh, uh, an arrested a pedophile who's already been through the system. Once they've been arrested, once they've been put into the system, then it's legally allowed to say their name because you can say this person is a criminal. Right. They were arrested for this. They they're went convicted. to jail for this. Mm-hmm. They're convicted. Okay, yeah. so how's like Harvey Weinstein gone down but all these people who have done it to kids, which is like, I think a little Bingo. worse. Like, how is that? Bingo. How are they not going? And that's why my movement is called Kids, kids too. too. Right. Because it's like, yes, I'm, I'm glad that there's some peace and resolution for these women who have been abused. Right. But why are the children still being ignored? And why are they still working with children? How is that possible? Exactly. Like, how is that? So you know what I'm doing now? I've, I've started a new uh, committee, a subcommittee at SAG. I've got I'm, I've got four committee commitments now at SAG. So I'm in the sexual harassment and sexual assault uh, uh, cha- channel where basically we're there to get like sex workers who are going to like actually work with people who are doing sex scenes on the sets to make sure that things are done politely and respectfully. So it's not out of bounds and, you know, making sure that there's a reporting system and like all these new kind of rules and regulations we're putting in to protect the actresses and the actors who are on the sets doing intimate scenes. So there's that. But then there's also this new subcommittee I'm trying to create just for the kids called Kids 2, where we are actually going through all the rules and the laws in the SAG Children's Players Handbook, 
which is the bylaws. And I'm basically trying to create new regulations, such as a child should never be on a set or in any work environment without their legal parent or guardian, period. Yeah. Should not be alone with a publicist, manager, assistant. And you were. You were alone with like. Yeah, we all were all the time. I always thought that was that's a law. How it happens. Okay. No. So you're now becoming like and this. They, and they need to also be, they also need to be um, verified because what happens is people who are sex offenders, who are pedophiles, are supposed to register, right? That's a California law that they have to register as a sex offender. And the job of the unions and the bosses who hire people is to do background checks to make sure that those people aren't offenders. But that's why I don't understand. How are these people still working it? They They've already been. It. They don't do it. They don't do the background checks. That's so crazy. I'm, I'm so confused how that's even like, okay, so so now at this point, and you also, I saw this year, something statutory limitation has been like lifted, right? So like that's if something right. happened yes. 20 years ago and you guys were involved in that. That's like, right, yeah. because I'm the yeah. national ambassador for Child USA. Holy so I actually shit. was one of the people that was like writing letters to Governor Newsom saying, please, we got to do wow. this. But first we did it in New York. So we passed a law last year in New York called the CVA, the Child Victims Act. And that is literally the reason that led to the indictments of R. Kelly and Jeff Epstein. So I was part of that. And then after we got it passed in New York, we moved it on and we got it passed the same basic law in California, but it pushed back the statute of limitations in California to 45. And it also created a three year look back window. So if you or anybody else was sexually assaulted before the year of 2017, for the first time in history, those cases can be brought forward. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing because it takes even for me it takes like 10 years for me to finally be like oh i should have said something and then by the time you're like comfortable with it like it does so i think that alone i just found that out today or this this morning that you did that and i was like that's the most amazing thing i feel like you've accomplished that's like huge that's a big thing because a lot of victims don't want to come forward until well never look at Corey Haim like never wanting to come forward with it you know because people are scared and now i feel like even for you like you just have recently talked about this in like the past what like decade or something you've been talking about it but i feel like like when you're on real life, you weren't so open no about way. this kind of stuff. I so that's why. About it at all. Yeah. No. So you kind of change. You're more like activist now because you don't. Would you consider yourself? Because here's the thing: you do all this stuff, but you are you, but you're not getting compensated for any of this, right? You're no. just doing it just to Nothing. do it. Nothing. So that's so crazy. No, so now all these people want to say, "Oh yeah, he's just doing this to make money," and that's the other side. The other side, yeah. the wolf pack, and those people keep spinning these stories but online, yeah. saying, "Oh, he's just an opportunist. He's just doing this for himself. He's just doing this to make money." First of all, I had to spend $2 million out of my own pocket. And I didn't have $2 million, okay? I had to take a loan out for a million dollars. So my ass is on the line 100% with this thing. And guess what? If this movie doesn't work and it doesn't make money, my family won't be secured. And you're probably right. I'll end up dead. Because if I can't pay for my armed security anymore, that's it. That's all we got. What about acting? Are you done with that now? No. Because do you ever like, I mean, obviously like you did all the biggest movies of the eighties. And so like, now are you like, well, I still do movies every year. I know, but do you ever want to get back hardcore into it? Cause you don't have the, you can't have the possibly have the time. If you're doing all this stuff, this last three years, I've literally had nothing else. It's literally been just focused on this. I've done a few cameos here and there. Of course. Yeah. Here day there. But I mean like to really focus on a movie where I'm going to dive in and become a character and all that. The last one I did was Corbin Nash. Right. And that was with Malcolm McDowell and Rutger Hauer. And it was like this great dramatic piece. And I really, enjoyed it because i got to play a tranny and it was so much fun yeah and it was like, would yeah. you get back into it though i would love it but I, i've got to have the dedication and the time which you so don't have right, right now. now i have been working on music i have a new single out right now which is dedicated to Corey. oh and it's called you are free 
and oh. it's going to be the title track of the film. It plays at the end of the movie on the credits. Oh, wow. Um, so we just released that two days ago, so you should definitely check that out. Did you do a video for it or cool. anything? No, Not we're yet. actually doing a make-your-own video contest. Oh, that's amazing. So we've got fans out there right now creating new videos for the song, so they can download the song on iTunes, they go make their own video, and then next week we're going to put up the top five videos, and people are going to choose whatever their favorite video is, and the one that wins is going to be put on the front of my mytruthdoc.com website, as wow. well as the coreyfeldman.net website, as well as the front of my YouTube page, and most importantly, it is going to be played, and we're hopefully going to stream it the night of the event. If not, it'll at least be played at like the event and the after right. party. And uh, we are going to give two tickets to whoever does it to the premiere. So they wow. get to come to the premiere and be there with us in person. Well, you're very trusting to give out your premiere address with all this other stuff I happening. I ain't giving out the address. They'll well, get the it winner, privately, privately in an email. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, what yeah, if yeah. the winner... The, I'm a paranoid yeah, person. Like, I, What uh, if the winner is trying to get you? You uh, know what I mean? I'll have my security okay. pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frisk them down. Exactly. This is all... This is so much. This is all a lot. Like, it's crazy to see you, like, in, in a good way. But also, I just... My preconceived notion of you was just like, I see you on interviews and you're very over the top. When you said you were sober, I was like, I'm shook because I'm like, this is very like over the top and I love it. Your energy is like, but you can feel it right. When somebody's sober, you know, when they're clear, you know, when they're concise. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wasn't sober, they'd be like, oh, you have a controlled right chaos now. to you. No, but you have like a lot of, you have, you're very, have chaotic energy in a good way. Like I very, I consider myself a chaotic energy. It's very a lot. It's a good, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's you can powerful. come into a room and it's just like, there's so much happening. I'm like looking at you now and it feels, it feels fake. It feels like I'm high. It like it almost does. Oh, yeah. Man. Cause this is so surreal because it's like, okay, I know you from being like, this big star right and then obviously reality star and then all of a sudden now you're like an activist who's like changing laws and like this is it just feels different you know it feels like in a good way it's just a lot you have a very powerful energy and it's like interesting to hear all of this and i'm I'm still change the world in a positive way and no it's amazing and hopefully so with this documentary you name names do you think these people are still actively doing this stuff absolutely the thing about pedophilia is it's a disease so it's not something that you just do once it's something that's an addiction so they just need to be stop it they need to go to prison just like harvey weinstein and all that absolutely and it probably will i mean like a harvey weinstein i mean that took a lot of years but he's right He's going the to thing is the one of the people that I'm naming isn't even full time pedophile. Like he's abused lots of people. Really? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! And these are uh, main, mainstream names that people will recognize. At least one of them. Holy shit! Yeah. I mean, so now it's going to open up an investigation. Basically, you'll name these names. It'll open up some sort of what investigation. I, what I pray for, yeah. is that other victims find the strength to come forward other victims of the same abusers because once we put the names out there all it takes as we saw with harvey weinstein which thank god was just arrested and put into jail yesterday yes. i'm hoping yeah. to see the same thing that once we say the name out loud it gives people the strength and the forward. courage to go okay now it's out there it always does now i can do it so what i'm hoping is there is a floodgate opened because i know there is a long list of people Oof. that have been abused by this person so i'm really hoping they find the courage to come forward to speak their truth and then there's an indictment created and this person goes to jail but i'm also hoping all of them go to jail because out of the six names we're naming there's only one that's dead all the rest of them are alive and thriving i feel like i know exactly who the mainstream was and we won't say it but i just i know exactly what you're saying this it's like giving me chills i just know so many people that i've like been guys girls like trans everything so that's why i was like oh like when you're saying this it's like giving me chills okay so that's why (laughs) and this is so weird it just hit me when you were saying that and i'm just like holy shit i know so many people who have stories that just don't say it because it's like because they're so scared because this person is so crazy and known for being so crazy shit 
Uh, I would be scared. I'm scared for you. I'm scared. I don't even, I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't want to say anything. That's crazy. No, so you know what? You know how you can best help me to protect my family? Yeah. It's Please encourage people to buy yes. the tickets. This is my one chance. Mytruthdoc.com for tickets. That's right. March 9th. Um, go, you can get tickets now. Yeah. Is there anything in addition they can do? Like, let's say they miss it or they, let's say they get the, like, $20 as a ticket. Can they do anything extra? Is there a place you're, like, trying to get donations to donate from? or something? No, we're not taking donations. I didn't want people to think that this is about money. So I didn't want to open that can of worms. But uh, what people can do if they really care is you can buy friends tickets, right? So each email wow. is $20. Each email is $20. That's what you got to look at. So if you wanted to like say get your whole family tickets just to donate, just to be nice, then you could mm-hmm. put in each yes. of your email, wow. each of your family's email addresses, pay a separate twenty dollars for each one of them, and we would be so grateful. Yeah, that's me. so interesting. Even like because it's a it's a film you finance yourself, so it's very common to have a GoFundMe or something like that to to raise money. Yeah, to like you know what? When I do something, everybody wow. I, this army of people that they've created against me that's only there to badmouth me and make me look bad goes out there and every post, every post that I. I do. They jump on my post and they go, he's such a money hungry bastard. He's only doing this to get rich. This is just another scheme. He's not even going to say any names. You shouldn't trust this guy. He's a guy who is prostituting women. He's a drug dealer. He's this, he's that. That's what they say about me. They try to destroy my name, destroy my credibility and make me look like a joke. So people don't support the cause. They don't want you to know the truth. They are lying to you to keep you from knowing the truth. And now you have my truth out. And so it's amazing that you're getting, like I said, to even just say, just get tickets rather than saying donate here. I mean, I, I want to fault you for it. When you self-fund something, you know, you always have like GoFundMe. So it's amazing that you guys are sticking to that, which is, I hope it works out for you. And I hope, I hope it, it and too. ultimately I hope it works out for it's these all prayers right now. Yeah. Well, we just said how powerful prayers are. And I feel like so people, me. yes. Me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is, this is like. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm Thank scared. <laughs> um, but I know I you'll be fine. It. You'll always be fine because aside from your acting, I mean, do choreography as a movie. That would be huge. Yeah. Well, you could get a studio to pick that up. Yeah. Well, I have faith. I have great faith. Faith is. I have great faith. Yeah. It's taking you here. This is for the greater good. And you know what? If I'm having to sacrifice myself, if change comes from it, then that's okay too. Yeah. High risk, high reward. So I feel like this is going to be really good. I think it's going to be like, I seen you on all this stuff and you've been on all these shows, Dr. All, all these things talking about it. It's going to, I don't think it could be a failure and they're all going to talk about that. You know, March 10th, that's just going to be everywhere. And that's what I think too. It's going to be, I think a little bit of a shit storm, but you've handled that before. So (laughs) I feel like, I won't be surprised if we wake up to the press sitting out. Outside so my house that day. Oh my so you definitely need your extra security. Yeah. Well, you got the security yeah. unlock and good luck with it. Well, as long yeah. as I can afford them. Oh my. <laughs> no, you, know you got if it. If the movie fails, only 4,000 tickets. That's really sad. Do you know how many people pushed me to do this? How many people were like, you have to do this. Name names, name names. Tens and tens of thousands, right? All over the world. Yeah. And then when you finally do it, people are like, yeah, whatever. That's how it is. So sick. I'm going to get a bunch of tickets. You guys buy a lot of tickets for this. This is everything. MyTruth.com. Get tickets. MyTruth comes out March 9th, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Corey Feldman, Courtney Feldman, this has been amazing. I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Seriously, you guys have been amazing. You guys, please support them. Like I had like my thoughts before you came here and after sitting here with you guys, it's very genuine and very real. And I thank like you. I will pray and we will put that out there and we'll get all the tickets and uh check it out. And you guys, thank you for supporting the podcast. Please rate and leave a comment below. Definitely check them out. You guys are on Instagram of and course, YouTube. So C Dog twenty two. You are Courtney is Eighty nine. Oh, I love that. Okay, love that. All 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. And thank hopefully you. we'll have you guys back. Thank you. Maybe yeah. I'll come do the podcast at your house March 10th. That'd be cool. That'd be <laughs> cool. We can talk about the aftermath. Yeah. 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 Or All maybe right. we should do the pool party at your oh, house March 10th. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Premiere it here. All right. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you. Right, cool. Bye. Thank you.